Hi, everybody, and welcome to All This in the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. I am the founder, the notorious founder of Awards Daily, and I'm here with our editors, um, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson, and we have a special guest, my old friend Michael Gray, who I've known for 30 years and is like the reason I ever got interested in the Oscars in the first place. And he knows everything. And whenever I have a question, I call him and say, yeah, have, have any, you know, have any women won more than four Oscars in one night? And he'll know the answer, which is, he just knows everything. <laughs> so, um, hi everybody. Hi, Michael. Hello. Hey, Michael. Hello. Hey, hi. So we're starting out with, coming off of a weekend of three different award shows, um, the biggest and, and probably the only one that offered any sort of surprise, I would say, would be the BAFTA Awards, which were um, kind of a hot mess this year overall. Sorry, my boyfriend just showed up. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. That was, the, uh, that Sorry, was our last that. listener. That was our last listener. The last awards daily reader. I closed my window. Okay. Oh, God. What a nightmare. That was perfect timing, though. It was we should leave that in there. No, we should. We should. Probably yes. should. Oh, God. God help me. Um, all right, so the uh, <laughs> um, we had the DGA, and the DGA was was really I thought very fun to watch. I had a link to watch it, and I, I've never seen the DGA awards before. I've never actually got to go to them, and so I liked watching that. And of course, Chloe Zhao won for Nomadland. We didn't expect anything else, but there was a surprise in the first time director category. We thought it would be, I mean, most people thought it would be Regina King for One Night in Miami, but. The director of Sound of Metal, um, Darius Martyr, won instead, so that was kind of a surprise. And um, and um, the Truffle Hunters won in documentary, which I think was also a little bit of a surprise. Um, and then heading into the BAFTAs, we had two really big surprises with, with uh, Best Actor uh, going to um, Anthony Hopkins, which Clarence predicted, by the way. And adapted sure. screenplay also going to The Father and not to Nomadland. The acting categories, as you know, were not your typical acting categories because the BAFTA voters um, were kind of um, not allowed to pick the the the, uh, um, the nominees. They were allowed to pick the shortlist, um, but then the jury, selected jury, picked the five nominee of uh, six nominees per category in acting and directing. And then um, from there, the voters all voted on it. Well, the problem with that is that they wanted to be, you know, inclusive with their third picks, and they were. But voters will still always just go for the consensus pick because that's the nature of thousands and thousands of people voting. They're all going to vote, and the one that wins is the one that most people can agree on, you know. And if you don't have time to build a consensus, you're not going to really be able to step out of that um, that paradigm. So. We had, you know, Frances McDormand winning for, for uh, Nomadland and um, Anthony Hopkins winning for Best Actor, beating Chaz Chadwick Boseman, and that's the first, I think, prize that he's lost in the entire 
um, race. So we really did want to talk about Best Actress, and we wanted to talk about the BAFTAs, and then we kind of want to just talk about what we think the general consensus is minus the Best Actress category. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, Michael, you and I were just having a conversation about Best Actress, right? You were saying that three... Right three different it's never been that there's three different winners oh no you weren't saying that you were saying that they either win the globe or the sag to win yeah i i kind of went back on the history for the last like 15 years and every actress that has won the oscar has either won the globe or the sag or both no actress has ever won um the oscar without winning one of those and with carrie carrie mulligan did not win the globe she did not win the sag she wasn't nominated for a bafta her chances at before all the awards, before the big awards came into being, she was the favorite. She was like the critics' darling because she was winning all the critic awards. But then when the gold, Golden Globes came up, everyone thought she was going to win, and the big surprise was Andrew Day. Okay. Well, she still had a chance at the SAG. And surprise, she lost to Viola Davis, and she wasn't nominated for a BAFTA. So her chances were once high, in my opinion, have now put her in sort of the dark horse category because her chances are no longer on top. And I, and my opinion is the race is going to be, to be between the two women who either won the, who won the globe and the SAG and that's Andrew Day and Viola Davis. One of those two women are going to come up and win the Oscar. That's my opinion. But have we ever seen a scenario this year where Andrew Day and Viola Davis went head to head in the same category with Carrie Mulligan? They did at the Globes. I the guess. Globes. Yeah, yeah the Globes. Globes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and Critics' Choice. And the Critics' Choice. And Carrie yeah, Mulligan won the that. Critics' Choice. Yeah. Oh, but, she did. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was like, um, so I thought. Here's my thing, and it, it's such a weird Best Actress race. Like, I, I think, I think there's a tiny chance that if, well, actually, probably a pretty good chance that if Carrie Mulligan had been up for the Best Actress award for, um for this she would have won and and the thing is that's interesting about Carrie Mulligan is that she was in this movie called The Dig which is like hugely popular in, in the UK and with the with the BAFTAs it's got like a ton of BAFTA nominations and so if the if the actress category had not been juried I think she would have gotten in for one of those two performances somewhere um so it is weird that she wasn't there and I do think that she would have won she would have won best actress if she'd been in that category um, but it would have been nice if she'd been up against um, Andrew Day and Viola Davis again so that we could see, like, a showdown between them. But my question for Carrie Mulligan is why didn't she win the SAG? It's oh. a good question. Maybe they just didn't like her. Maybe they didn't like the film. I mean, I'm, I'm going really out of bounds here, but isn't it sort of an anti-sort of... Um, um, that movement that was going on in, in oh, Hollywood, which she kind of went against the grain in that respect. It's like she, the Me Too movement. It's a Me Too movement type type of film. Right. And but but her performance, she took revenge on on men, and so that's sort of anti Me Too movement. It maybe turned off a lot of people. Yeah, you could look at it that way. I, I tend to look at SAG as 
she didn't she didn't win because there isn't there wasn't broad support for promising young woman among the actors right. viola davis came from ma rainey which ma rainey had three nominations of course it didn't win cast but it was nominated for cast promising young woman that was her that was the sole nomination and i just felt like you know if you were you were going to vote for chadwick boseman the cast was nominated viola davis had a leg up because there was such broad support and there's no other film uh, there's no other actress in contention in that category that had as much broad support from the film as viola davis um you know an interesting thing is that um i think vanessa kirby is up she was up um at both BAFTA and SAG, but I looked at the SAG category. Viola Davis was the only actress of color in that whole lineup of five. It was Amy mm-hmm. Adams, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, Carrie Mulligan, and Viola Davis. And then when you get over to the BAFTA, it's completely reversed. Four of the um, nominees are, are of color, women of color, and then only two of them are, are white women, and one white woman won. So it's, it's funny to see them you know, balance that way. But it does show you the difference between how we vote over here and how they vote over there. You know what I mean? Like it, that is a really good example, the the stark contrast between our industries, I think. It, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to parse that really, though. I don't, um, um, it's, I think that it's so many different things through, through the, through the race off this year. And I think, of, I don't think that anybody can properly judge or assess what BAFTA means this year because right. of the jury interference. Yeah, I think I that agree. that, uh, right. I, I don't, I don't know that it invalidates what BAFTA did, but it certainly calls it into question about whether it can be weighed with the same weight that we ordinarily give it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really all I had to I, say about BAFTA is that it used to be really important. It was previously always very important. I'm not sure if they have diminished their own importance this year by involving a jury. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, especially when you look at the carryover or the layover with like SAG, right? Four out of these five were nominated with SAG and, and got to go up against each other. All five were nominated for Critics' Choice. Um, Globe, I think it was four out of five. I think uh, Prince, no, actually it was all five for Globe as well. So mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was a lot of layover, so those wins, I think, mean a little more in some regards. And then, so if you break down Globe's Critics' Choice SAG, one of those bodies has Academy members in it, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, that I would weigh SAG over anything else this year. I would, too, except you have to look at <clears throat> the Viola Davis performance and the Andre Day performance and wonder, yeah. do they start to take votes away from each other? Not because of the color of their skin, but because they are per- playing performers. It is mm-hmm. a. It, it is a. Right. They're both. They're both music singers. They're both singing performances. That's, mm-hmm. that's but they. They what also. I'm poorly will... trying to say. No, but no, you're not. <laughs> we have another motorcycle sound. <laughs> no, I'm just desperately trying not to say what people think I'm going to say. Which I know. Is... I know. I get you. I get you. But that isn't it. Tougher. It's that fair is not to. What I'm trying it's fair that they, to say that they might split the vote because one won the SAG and one won the Globe. Like that naturally sets up a vote splitting scenario. It just does because yeah. it shows. I mean, the Globes aren't the industry, right? There's only like a hundred of them. These poor mm-hmm. people. <laughs> um, the the uh, the industry, as you guys are all saying in all agreement, that SAG matters more. But my problem is, and Michael, you agree with me on this. Michael early on said to me, Viola Davis is going to win. 
And then he saw Andrew Day, right, Michael? And then you said, right. no, she's going to win because you thought it was such a great performance. Yeah, I told us, I mean, I told Sasha months ago, months ago, after I saw Ma Rainey and I did see Promising Young Woman, I told Sasha, I said, if Viola Davis wins the SAG, she's going to win the Oscar. And, and I said this way back, I can't remember when I said it. And then I saw... Andrew Day's performance, and I go, it kind of changed my whole thinking process. Now, I said before Viola Davis won the SAG, after I saw Andrew Day's performance in the Billie Holiday film, I said, Andrew Day is going to blow everybody out of the water. She gave, she was the the personification of Billie Holiday. Mm -hmm. Even she blew Diana Ross's performance. That's right. When everyone thinks about Billie Holiday now, they're going to think about Andrew Day over Diana Ross. I know. She, she, she looked like Billie Holiday. She performed like Billie Holiday. She sounded like Billie Holiday. I said, this woman's going to win the Oscar. Yeah. Then Viola Davis won the SAG. And I go, okay, this is her second win in the SAG. She lost for the help. I, I just don't think the Academy of the SAG members are going to give her the win for the SAG and then not give her the Oscar. I think because they see Viola Davis as long overdue and it's kind of a makeup for not giving it her for the help. And I really think it's her year to win the Oscar. And on top of that, it's been 20 years since a black woman has won Best Actress. So you're going to have a black winner this year. I really believe that. And I feel bad for Carrie for Carrie Mulligan, but I think it is going to be kind of based a little bit on the performance and on race, I think. They have been criticized for not giving more black women the Oscar for Best Actress. So I think Andrew Day and Viola Davis have more of a leg up than everybody else does. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right about that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just if it were only Andrew Day and Viola Davis in the category. My own vote would be for Andre Day, not only because of the screen time issue, although we all agree that Viola Davis absolutely dominates the the film, even when she's not on screen. Uh, she's she's always her presence is always felt throughout mm-hmm. Ma Rainey, and so it's not it's not just a mat, the screen time. But I think a big part of it for me is that uh, Andre Day did her own singing. Oh my and God! And, I know. You know that's an amazing feat, really, not only to personify and to embody the 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 real person physically but to also be able to sound like her like you said michael mm-hmm. is an extraordinary thing and real and um i don't know i mean i, I have there been actresses before that have won um just lip syncing and uh, i'm not uh, has there been yeah um, um, yes what's his, there name? Has, um... what's his name from bohemian rhapsody just one right i don't oh, think he's right. saying okay Right. No, okay, nobody right. can sing like Freddie, right? Yeah, Peter Moreno, absolutely right. Yeah. For West Side Story, she sang one song, but the other song was lip synced, and she won. Oh the my answer. gosh! Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's not applicable then. But it just, but but the fact is that Andre did her own singing, and I, to me, that's that is if it was like a, in the Olympics, um, it would be a level of difficulty. Yeah. Uh, point. <clears throat> I think well, so too. Oscar, go ahead. No, go ahead, Michael. I'm saying, well, that's what the Oscars is all about. It's she encompassed acting and singing, and to do that kind of gives you more of a 
more of the chance of saying, wow, she did what very few actresses have done in a long time. Yeah. You know, um, and it's it, this is I, I don't think I've ever seen a race that is going to be is that is so difficult to I choose know, because same. you have so many wonderful performances. But I think above everybody else, I think those two women are the ones that people are, are going to have to worry about because I, I, I just don't think Mulligan has a shot. All right. Now, let me introduce another mm. concept for you guys, which is, well, I just really want to quickly want to circle back on one thing that I'm Jen Saki now and I want to circle back. But I want to uh -huh. just say that um, that, uh, Michael, your comment about the Me Too movement and the revenge on men, I, I think that people would immediately say like that. No, that's wrong. But I actually think on some visceral level, men do respond in kind of a weird way to the movie. I think men and women both enough that it might disturb them when it comes to voting like it's not a hundred percent of a feel-good vote because it is such a complicated character and a complicated part so i think that that was a good observation um about one of the reasons why she might but here's one reason why she might win which is that remember when adrian brody won up against uh daniel day lewis and um uh jack nicholson yeah, for about Schmidt. Remember that? And that was mm -hmm. that was one of the last extended periods like it is now where the Oscars were late because the Oscars didn't start becoming early until um, 2003, 2004, right around then. But the pianist, the penist, penis. <laughs> the penist, <laughs> the penist was uh, was 2002. And so uh, that was enough time for people to start talking about the performances and, and they didn't yeah. really, and, and, and the problem was is that they couldn't decide between Jack Nicholson and, and, uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis. And, you know, they didn't really like um, Gangs of New York very much. And it was Gangs of New York, right? That's what he was up for? Yeah. 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 I think so, right. And, yeah. and they didn't really like about Schmidt either. And so they went with the character who was, uh, you know, transformative and an incredible part in a movie that ended up winning director and screenplay. So I don't know. I mean, there's a chance that, that the two could split and carry Mulligan. I don't think Frances McDormand is the one that's going to win. If there's a split, I think it would be Carrie Mulligan, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I were the voters, I would be really trying to make sure that they you know, figure out who they want to put their chips behind to bring in a win. You know what I mean? Like that, that's going to be tough because Andrew Day's performance alone is just spectacular in a movie that people really don't like very much, but she's great. I mean, you can't watch that movie and think she's not great. Yeah. That's, I think that's what, that's what makes me lean Davis over day in the end is, you know, um, the United States versus, versus Billy Holiday is only up for one award. It's, right. it's Andre Day, right? Whereas Marini's up for, I think, five. Right. And is likely to win, you know, two, three, maybe even four. Yeah. Um, so there's probably, for those, you know, who maybe don't get the chance to see every Oscar nominee, they're more likely to have seen Ma Rainey than, than Billy Holiday, I would think, just because you, you, you can check off a lot of boxes, five boxes, by seeing one and one box with the other. I hope they mm -hmm. see all of them, especially in these big categories. But, yeah. you know, I think the fact that Billie Holiday was a little bit of a drag and Ma Rainey's, I just watched Ma Rainey's again last week. And honestly, I, I was one of the ones kind of um, championing Davis for supporting 
Um, and watching it again, I, I definitely think they have her in the right category. Her screen time total might be low, but she's in it pretty consistently throughout. And she right, also absolutely, physically... and she, she frames the movie too. She bookends yeah. the movie. She yeah. she's in the first scene and the last scene, which yeah. illustrates her importance and, the and, presence, and her impact right? on yeah her presence and her impact yeah. on the on the on the on the arc of the of everyone's plot. Everyone everyone's arc depends on hers. It's all, and it's called Ma Rainey, lest we forget. Yeah. yeah. So right. she yeah. and she well, it's she her also. Black bottom. Yeah. She she physically <laughs> changes herself too. Like she, and yeah, she's playing a, um, kind of a pioneering LGBT uh, hero, right? Like yeah. Ma Rainey was right. one of the first openly gay um, women. She was openly gay, and so that was pretty scandalous. I mean, obviously, Billie Holiday also has her place in in history in that way. Um, but I think that Viola Davis, uh. My 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 sense is my instinct, my gut instinct is telling me that this idea of her coming to the Oscars again for a second time after having won the SAG and then not winning is is such a slap in the face, you know. And I know they did it to Glenn Close, I know they they're capable of that, but it's just it's so hard for me to fathom it. You know what I mean? Like that they would do it twice to her. Did Glenn Close the, lose twice at the SAGs or just no? Once? But she no. But what I mean is like she came in and she had won and and. Oh, okay. It was time for her to win, but then <laughs> she didn't win. Oh. There's no other Oscar site anywhere that's, that that uh, talks as much about and knows as much about stats as the Worst Daily does. And our readers too are experts in it, and that's yeah. and we attract the kinds of readers who are interested in that. And they even when we don't always talk about stats in the in the in the in the, in the posts, they do in the comments, and mm. they're extraordinarily well-versed in it. They really have a good handle on it. And what I am reading from them, the ones that are the most experts about the stats, is that they just the stats just are not there for Andre Day. They just don't right, add up. Right. But, every, but Viola has, a, has everything that she needs in order for the stats to, to, to pave the way for her. All right. And I'm so predicting I'm, Viola yeah. Davis then. Done deal. Yeah. What about you guys? <laughs> are you going to predict? Mark, are you? Mark, we, we saw this chart of all the predictors in Oscar world, and Mark was like, really high on the list right mark like number four or something i mean yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, so. I would be happy for any of mark the, any so of the three to win oh shit. <laughs> mark is yeah yeah wait wait yeah we have to wait we'll tell the listeners just be prepared for this chart that's going to come out if we decide days, to do in. it <laughs> do it no i don't know no, i can't to... no i got a question for you guys say um the grand scenario there's a big surprise in best actress and mm. say, who do you think could steal from those women? Just Carrie Mulligan uh, to me. Like, I think she's Because the sometimes the Academy always throws in a surprise at the Oscars. Everyone thinks it's going one way, <sighs> and then the yeah. Academy throws a monkey wrench. Yeah. And could the thing be? about that is... Vanessa Kirby? It's, it's not... Yeah, no. I think Vanessa Kirby would be my would be my fourth choice. She would be my fourth, personally. The thing about when you have two front runners. It's it's possible to have a fairly sizable gap in the number of ballots that the two front runners get. But if when you have three equally likely uh, candidates as front runner, the the math just works out so that the margin uh, margin between those three can be something like. 27 28 and 29 percent yeah. between the three of them so you're only one percent apart because that doesn't leave many other ballots over for the other two 
the the remaining two actresses that are nominated, right? So when you have three front runners, the margin between those three can be so slender that it can be just a matter of 50 votes it can push any of them ahead of the others. Right. And so that's why it's so hard to predict and why it seems like that a wrench is being thrown, but it really is only just mathematics. It's just the way that the, the luck of the draw, basically. 50 votes yeah. can, can give somebody the Oscar. I'm just, with, with the new voters and the desire to make change and all this whole past year, I'm just having a really hard time finding that group mobilized to vote for um, for Carrie Mulligan. Like, I don't, just, I'm not seeing it. Um, it, it's a critic. She's a critic's favorite, as Michael pointed out. But, you know, like you're saying, Ryan, that they, they whoever wins that is going to need an extra. They're all so good. And it's such a competitive category that there is going to have mm -hmm. to be another reason why people are voting that that's going to push the winner over the top. And I don't think mm -hmm. it's just going to be we'd like uh, Promising Young Woman because Promising Young Woman's already going to win um, a screenplay, screenplay. Just screenplay, you think? Or is there yeah, another one? Yeah, probably just screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, for me, just to come back and answer Michael's mm -hmm. question, um, Vanessa Kirby is my personal favorite of the five. Mm -hmm. And I would say she's, she feels like a distant five with odds of winning just because, you know, the others have won SAG Globes, Critics' Choice, BAFTA. She's sitting there with, I think, Venice is her biggest right. uh, prize. So I think for me, if there was going to be somebody that came in and split it up, I, I, I wonder if it's McDormand just from the fact that how big a day is Nomadland going to have? You know, if it, if that really is a heavy front runner, maybe they love Francis too, and or maybe she gets enough votes to split Davis and Day. I don't know. It's rare for it's rare for an actor to come off of one Oscar win and go into another Oscar win a year or two years apart. It's very very rare. It happened. The last time it happened was with, um, I believe it was with. Jodie Foster when she won in 88 and then she won in 91. Silence you know, of the Lambs, yeah. It's, it's kind of rare for an actor to win back-to-back -back Oscars like that. Yeah, I think, I think Sean Penn did it no 304, right? Mm -hmm. and in the milk. In, no, I'm right. talking about just for actress. Actress. Oh, actress. Oh. Yeah, actress. So, in um, the modern era, for sure. It used to happen in the past. It used to happen yeah. more frequently because yeah, it, it seemed like that the actresses would have a, a peak in their career and they would get just, a, if you know, five nominations in five years and, and have back-to-back -back wins sometimes. All right, because the, they, the, the they made more movies back They made more movies back That's true. And they had, uh, they made, the actresses made more, they made a movie every year because they were under contract. And those movies were the prestige premiere movies because those were their top contract players. You're right, yeah. Right. All right, so yeah. let me give you quickly my, my best argument for Andrew Day, even though she doesn't have the stats, okay? So mm -hmm. normally this Oscar, if, if this Oscar race for Best Actress had gone the way that we all thought it would, it would be Carrie Mulligan wins at Globe, Carrie Mulligan wins at SAG, Carrie Mulligan wins at BAFTA, Carrie Mulligan wins the Oscar. That's how we all thought it was going to go. I did anyway. So we didn't, Andrew Day wins Globe, top of the pile, up against Carrie Mulligan, Viola Davis, and Frances McDormand. Then we move over to the SAG. There's no Andrew Day. Um but there is a Frances McDormand and there is a Carrie Mulligan and neither of them win. Viola Davis takes number two spot. Then we move on to the BAFTAs. There is no Carrie Mulligan. There is no Frances McDormand. There is no Andrew Day. Frances McDormand gets it. She takes the um, fourth spot. So the, the hierarchy, in my opinion, and it's probably wrong, but this is how I see it in my head, 
Andrew Day in the race, Andrew Day doesn't lose. Andrew Day out of the race, the front runner, Carrie Mulligan, loses, except for at BAFTA where she wasn't there. So it seems to me like uh, we have one instance of one actress beating all, except for um, the only place where Carrie Mulligan prevailed was the Critics' Choice where she beat both Andrew Day. Was Andrew Day on that mm -hmm. too? Yeah, she was. Yeah, so that's the place where, where she beat um, them, but, but it is the Critics. So, you know, Carrie Mulligan should have won the SAG is my point. If she had popularity, she would have won that award. That was hers. So there's some reason why she isn't winning. Now, you could say it's a negative on her, or you could say it's a positive on, on someone else winning, um, not Carrie Mulligan. So whenever the frontrunner doesn't win, you have to like look at the overall scenario of the race. And, and if Andrew Day wins, that'll be why. She was top of the pile, and when she wasn't there, she, she didn't win because she couldn't win. But when she's there, she, she will win because her performance is the best by a lot of people's opinions. I mean, maybe not, but that's just how I see it. That's my best argument for an Andrew Day one. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good logic. I can yeah, buy I, that. Yeah. I like I like the logic. The only, the only wrench in that would be why wasn't she even there? Right? right like why right. why wasn't Andrew Day even a SAG nom? Yeah. Right? While, while Carrie didn't win, Andrew didn't even nominate her. And at right. BAFTA as well, which... But they were late. Carrie. They came in late. The um, Yeah, okay. The movie Good did. reason. A lot of people didn't even see it. It was at Hulu. It's yeah. kind of obscure. Good point. It's the kind of movie where she's not going to get in if people don't yeah. see the movie. And Carrie Mulligan, Frances McDormand, Viola Davis, they could arguably get in even without people seeing their movies. But there's yes, no way you get an Andrew Day nomination unless you watch her right. in that performance. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's my thinking is that I don't think a lot of people saw um, the Billie Holiday film to put her in the running for but to win the Oscar. But I think every, a lot of people have seen Ma Rainey. And um, I just kind of feel like um, because of that, and Viola Davis has more of the pedigree behind her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely and, see that argument too. I just, I'm curious about this, this Andrew Day situation. And the only thing that makes me curious about it is based on the performance itself is based on her performance mm -hmm. and what a fully realized work it is and how she sings and she becomes Billie Holiday. She's on her deathbed, you know, like there's so many things, but, but it's true. Yeah. People just didn't like the movie. So that could also just hurt it. That's, that's what I was about to say. That's the only drawback is that Marani as a film is a much better movie than, mm -hmm. than USA versus Billie Holiday. Right. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and that's, and, and people, if the, when they watch both movies, no matter how impressed they are with Andre Day, they're not going to be as impressed by the movie, and so they might end come away from it feeling like that it, it wasn't successful to some, for some, you know. And yeah, and and here's them. my um here's my Viola Davis argument, which is that it's it's not really about the stats; it's about who it's about the fact that she, like Michael saying her her pedigree, but it's also do you guys remember me talking about this theory of like who the people are friends with? Like if you're in the Clooney, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts circle, you know, you're going to get a lot of voters kind of rallying behind you because you're part of this really big group in the in the acting. Click. So click. Thank you. <laughs> That's a perfect way. So Ma Rainey and Viola Davis are in the Denzel click. Now think about how big that is. Like, that's, right. mm -hmm. that's the Denzel click. So, you know, she's going to have a lot of support from that group of people. 
You know, Denzel is connected to Julia Roberts, who's connected to George Clooney, who's, you know, so uh, so I, I think that, that that helps Viola Davis for sure. You have to I wonder. Told, oh, I'm go ahead. Gonna, no, I told Sasha, this race reminds me of 1950. You had right. Betty Davis, Gloria Swanson, and Julie mm -hmm. Holliday. And Betty, Betty um, um, Gloria Swanson and Betty Davis were the two veterans. And everyone thought it was probably going to be Betty Davis. Right. And, pretty sure, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you had this ingenue come in, Judy Holliday, in this, in, in this um, sort of um, quaint little comedy about a dumb blonde. And she beats the two veterans. This kind of reminds me of that. You have two... You have Carrie Mulligan, Viola Davis, who are veteran actresses, who've been who, who've been around, who've been nominated before. One is a previous winner, and then you have this unknown actress comes up and gives this yeah. great performance. And so, I, I'm thinking it's just like 1950 all over again. But Michael was born yesterday. How many nominations did it have? It got Best Picture, yeah. Best Actress. It didn't get mm -hmm. anything. No, no actor. I, I, I think it did get Best Director. So it got a few nominations. Did it get best but director? I, 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 yeah, I think the I think is the point you're making, Sasha. It's a classic, just as much as those as Betty as uh, Sunset Boulevard and All About Eve are classics. It's uh, Born Yesterday. It's just as much revered as a classic, right? right? Not hated. It's, yeah. Like it's it not had five. They didn't think five it was nominations. Okay, five. See, okay. And that Including. year was the the heat was really between All About Eve and Sunset Boulevard, like literally two of the greatest movies of all time and two yeah, of the greatest sure. performances of all time, right? So United States versus Billy Ho Billy Holiday isn't quite that movie, but the but there is that potential dynamic. And also, I'm gonna just say this right now. You know how Oscar voters like them. You know, this is horrible. You guys could just tell me if you think I should cut it out. But there is a <laughs> thing about Oscar voters that like to see women naked and having sex. They just do. And mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. it is a <laughs> yeah. it is a selling it's, point, right? Well, Viola, Viola should have just gotten naked and had sex with that girl. It wasn't her. That I it. Mean, that's <laughs> it. That would have sealed the deal. Could have won the but you know like you, Gwyneth you, Paltrow see, but, but the, see I, the thing about that is though I mean I, I know you're joking Michael but the thing about that is that specifically the type of Oscar voter yes. who likes to see women get Thank naked or the, men, or the men and the men are not going to be that impressed with seeing Viola Davis and, the, and the, her girlfriend get it all it, together it's the idea of the hot yeah no it's, it's I not mean, speak for yourself oh I was joking I'm just thinking about they weren't impressed with Carol you know right. and that's yeah, and so right, not right, right. I get you. That's he's what he's saying is homophobia in the academy is real. Um, yeah. The and that I agree with that. And and they they are. I mean, it's just because you know whatever whatever the reason we know what the reason is. But um, the the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Shakespeare in Love, Kate Winslet, The Reader, Halle Berry, Monstrous Ball. You know, there's a trend here. So I, I do see, and, and Halle Berry and Monsters Ball is a really good uh, pre, uh, you know, a good sort of standard for Andrew Day winning because nobody liked Monsters Ball at all. I thought it was a terrible yeah, movie. Good point. And mm -hmm. I, I don't remember how many nominations it had, but I mean, it was small. It was just maybe the one. Just the one, just, see? Just the one. Yeah, mm -hmm. just the one. So she's a she's a good, you know, a potential if people but people really wanted that to happen. They really wanted to make history and they really wanted her to win. And uh Sissy Spacek had already won. That's why Frances McDormand's probably not gonna win because she has two 
So uh, anyway, right. blah, blah, blah. So if we said everything we need to say about best, let's go around and see who's, who, are you guys like ready to predict right now or do you need time to think about it? For best actress, no, I'm, stick, I'm, I'm sticking with Carrie Mulligan, even though I'm, I know that I, I, after hearing, especially the arguments in the past half hour, I'm shakier on it. But I'm just going to go ahead and stick with her, just because I, I, I would be, I would be equally happy if any of the three of them win. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with Carrie Mulligan is my prediction. Okay. Stick with your first choice then. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Ryan, yeah. I mean, uh, Michael. Well, you know, Sasha, you and I have been talking this like. I know. Back and forth, because I went from I never went for Carrie Mulligan. I love the movie, but I never went for her. But mm. I was I was torn between Day and Davis, and I think now I'm leaning toward Davis, yeah. Viola Davis. Okay. I'm Mark. Champion yeah, I have, predictor. I have uh, I have three categories that I'll probably come down to the end on, and one of them will be lead actress. Yeah. But I'm right now with Viola. Okay, Clarence. Davis. Davis, okay, boy. So I'd be the only Andrew Dag. I, I bombed out so badly on my BAFTA predictions. It was humiliating. <laughs> I'm there was sure nothing. I was right there with you. No, I had the worst oh. weekend. But um, can we just talk really briefly about the bloodbath in our comments section <laughs> about this oh, no. subject? Really? <laughs> like there's like nuclear mm. war in there of Viola Davis versus Carrie Mulligan. Like oh, Ryan, no. right? They're, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a couple of really, uh, well, I would say really half a dozen readers who are really, have really passionate feelings about each of the actresses, and two of them in particular are really passionate, Mm -hmm. and I really like them both. I mean, they've been around for years, and I'm really fond of both of them, but it's hard to watch because the the anger that flares up, and... I don't know what to do about it. I'm I'm just stepping back and just letting them. Well, it is something. You know, there's nothing you can really do. They're they're very upset. Uh-huh. Like everybody knows, the right. best actress is yeah. always the favorite category, um, at our side mm-hmm. anyway. And um, and to have it be wide open, I don't think anybody expected that. Wow. People just thought it was going to be Carrie Mulligan's to lose, and that would be that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so I don't can know. Can I say something really quick? Yeah, I. I, you know, I, I talk to Sasha a lot and she tells me about all these people on her side and how they're upset about certain things. And since I'm on the outside looking in and I get invited now and then, I don't understand how people can, can get so personal. They're just, at the end of the day, for me, they're movies. I don't, I don't, I don't know why people get so upset, so passionately upset. At, they're just two women or whatever, they, people who give good performances or bad performances. It's like, no one appreciates anybody's opinion anymore. It's like if 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 you tell me that you don't like Viola Davis and you prefer Carrie Mulligan, okay, that's cool. I'm not gonna argue with you to the point that's gonna make you change your mind. If that's who you like, that's who you like. I don't know why people get so passionately upset and angry. It just boggles well, my mind. That's that's what yeah. Twitter. You don't you don't, you, <laughs> you don't get angry, but but all it takes is one person insulting the the other person's choices, right, exactly. and then that makes that other person mad. It's not that they're it, part of it is they're so passionate about their choices, but a lot of it is anger that is exasper, right, exasperated by other people poking a stick in the eye of other people because of their choices and in, in make, and infuriating them. And the rage just builds up because the bickering gets started. And it's not always the, the bickering about the performances. It's the bickering about 
people being passionate about their performances. It hurts people's feelings. It does. And there's also some ego involved, like about being right. I was surprised Mm -hmm. at the kind of anger that I was getting on Twitter over Carrie Mulligan. Um, I I didn't really expect that people would be feeling so strongly about her winning. Um, And I, you know, I understand, like, I feel sort of like all you guys do. Like, I'm not emotionally invested. I feel really good about that this year. I'm not emotionally invested in any of of the winners. I would love to see, and there's not a single actress in that category that would make me feel bad like i think all five would be good winners yeah yeah but i do know that people want to be right and that that drives a lot of it um uh the vitriol uh like with everything else but like mark's pointing out like twitter just makes everything worse it it really does it brings out the worst in people and it causes tribalism and you know like i was just trying to explain the stats after the best actress bafta and you know people were really very passionately coming at me to, to do confirmation bias, you know, to, to, to prove their side was the right side. And, you know, not every argument fits this year. It's just one of these strange years where it's, it's, it's unlike anything we've ever really lived through before in every way possible, you know, from the movies not being seen to it being an extended season to the pandemic, to the election, to Black Lives Matter, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on at once in our awards that, you know, the BAFTA doesn't really feel as much. I don't think as we do over here. Yeah. That's, that's the problem with Twitter is everybody talks in absolutes and uh, like gives opinions as facts and it, and it doesn't, I think it's just trained a generation to, to argue that way. And it's, and that, I think that takes away from people listening and, and um, you know, accepting others opinions as, as what they are opinions. Yeah. You know, um, when it comes with the BAFTAs and with like Ma Rainey and um, and um, and Billie Holiday, and with it, and with the British, could it be that just British voters aren't familiar with the black experience in America, especially in at that time frame in the early twentieth century? They're mm-hmm. not familiar with that experience, so they're they can't relate to the performance of Viola Davis playing Ma Rainey. I, I know they nominated Chas with Bozeman because he was being yeah. winning everything and stuff, stuff like that. But when it comes to British movie go- moviegoers to American, they just don't get that that experience, and that's why these films kind of black films suffer at the Baftas. Oh, I think that's so true. I I don't think they can relate yeah. to it at all unless there's like a British person involved, like Steve McQueen, Twelve Years a Slave, mm-hmm. or. Daniel Kaluuya like if there's you know if if there is a British actor then I think they pay attention in a way but they're sort of weird about it kind of defensive like we got rid of slavery much earlier than you did you know like there's kind of a a defensive mechanism I think that they have that like you know that is your problem in your country your terrible country like we don't have that problem over here you know and Mm -hmm. so for them I think they they're very nationalistic right because they love their British movies and they love their British talent. They love it when the father is in there, you know, and Promising Young Woman is a British director, British star, like, you know, they're just proud of their their homegrown product. You know, they're, 
They're into well, the it. BAFTAs is like the Academy in the sense that it is an American awards and theirs is a British award. Right. So they will honor more British actors like we have honored more American actors at the Academy Awards. And on an, and then on the occasion, we've given the Oscar to a couple of British actors and, and people there. of other countries and stuff like that. But basically, the Academy Awards is an, is an American award show and the BAFTAs is a British. So I wasn't surprised when Anthony Hopkins won. Didn't oh, surprise me at all. Clarence yeah. predicted that. What was your reasoning yeah. behind mm -hmm. that, Clarence, when you thought of that? I just felt like they were not invested into in Ma Rainey. I didn't feel like they felt particularly obligated to give Chadwick Boseman an award. I mean, that's just it. I just don't think, you know, he, he's an American actor. He is uh, integrated into a lot of American films that we have all loved that just I don't think have resonated quite as well overseas i just don't i just they nominated him and i think they felt like that was good enough i just felt like they valued sir anthony much more than they did yeah. chadwick boseman yeah and they obviously love the father because again you predicted it would win adapted screenplay over uh no man land yes they didn't love it enough though to to give it best british film instead they gave it to promise a young woman which again was directed by a British woman features British woman written by a British woman, but is set in America. Yeah. Let me just mm -hmm. say one thing quickly about that. I know you guys have to hop off, um, but the, uh, I believe that they use the preferential ballot for that because they have 10 nominees. Mm -hmm. So what is interesting is if they only had five, would the father have won? I think it probably would have. So that means that the, that uh, promising young woman did better on the preferential ballot than the father for whatever that's mm -hmm. worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oh, I could oh. see that. Promise the father probably isn't an, a number one film. Yeah. Yes. Or or somewhere way down the list, right? Because they they had right. a lot of competition in that category. Um, anybody have any last minute observations they want to make about these last flurry of awards or where you think the race is headed? The Oscars are in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, the only thing I'd add is just how I need a motorcycle. No, What's on. that? I need a motorcycle sound effect after I say that. <laughs> no, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. The, the one category that kind of flipped itself upside down for me recently was adapted screenplay, which yeah. um, I thought for a while that that felt pretty good for Nomadland. But mm. when you look and, and you see that they really didn't, they haven't won anything in that category, right? They were ineligible for WGA. Right. They lost uh, the Golden Globe screenplay to Trout Chicago 7, which it's not going up against in its right. category. And then now losing BAFTA to The Father, which, you know, you could argue the Brit side of things. But now that kind of puts a wrench in one that I thought was a foregone conclusion once no man land one honestly once it won producers guild but. you know you're on to something there and you know what it is it just hit me and like I, I you know i'm sad i'm getting older so thoughts come to me much later like for instance yep. not realizing that the first time director at the dga would be more amenable to a best picture nominee than not i didn't think yeah. of that at the time me so neither. what people think about nomad land is they think of it as a documentary so they're not really going to think of it as writing because so much of it is just people improvising on the spot so maybe that's why it isn't going to win in that. I always thought like, yes, they're going to pick that because, but the preferential ballot years, they have to, they have to win either director or screenplay. They don't always win both. Like Shape of Water didn't win both. 
Yeah, Shape of Water and The Artist are the only two to not win screenplay in the last 15 years. Yeah, and so they win. Yeah, they win. And then Birdman won both. Um, usually they win screenplay more often than, than even director. Right, right. So, you know, that does open a tiny little door to Promising Young Woman to, to potentially upset in Best Picture because it is possible, mm-hmm. theoretically possible, that Chloe Zhao wins director. I don't think so. I'm going to predict Nomadland, but... If Promising Young Woman's winning screenplay and let's say the father's winning adapted. And and by the way, if it's not Nomadland, do you think it would be the father? For screenplay, I think, yeah, the father yeah. feels like the next most likely. And then if it's the father, does that tip it to uh, Anthony Hopkins at the Oscars? Yeah, could. No. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So. That's Chadwick Boseman all the way. Yep. Yeah, I I still haven't won, but I moved. I I flipped Ahmed and Hopkins in my predictions and moved Hopkins up to number two now. And what won at the WGA for adapted? Borat. Uh, yeah. Oh Borat. God, help us. Yeah. All right. It's so another thing about the screenplay for for Nomadland, it is a, it is definitely a thing that she took a, a nonfiction not book and she turn and she fictionalized it by right. inserting a fictionalized character and making that fiction the central part of the doc of the story took it away really made made all of the real life characters secondary to the fiction which is a thing and it's a it was a great it's a feat of imagination but is it a good thing necessarily to right. to absolutely implant a fictional character who didn't exist and make her the dominant character among all of the real people i don't and no one has really questioned that and i'm right. not really questioning it myself i'm just asking should it be uh, an issue if whether that was actually a what kind of artistic decision was that to 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 take away um, from the story of the real people so much that francis mcdormand who didn't even exist is the is the central part of the movie right and she doesn't have a uh, lot of dialogue um, so does right. the um, I mean I could see it going no you know remember it won the scripter. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, because I, I think they, they would also appreciate just the feat of it, the feat of imagination, the leap of and uh, and the, it was really well done. It's really well integrated, and it is a it's a skill it's a very skillful thing to have done. I just don't know that I totally approve of it or not. Yeah, I get you. Um, here's one last thing for you guys, um, and then we can just say good night. But um, Every movie's going to win an Oscar except Chicago 7. Is that how this is going to go? <laughs> I have oh, I God. have that that and the father I have going zero right now. So you're going to oh. go with Nomadland for screenplay. Right now I am. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the three that I mentioned. I, editing editing adapted I screenplay and actress I'm still kind of not a hundred percent on. Those are going to be tough. I, I think I'm going to sort of try to see if I could feel any buzz for anything in the acting categories. Writing's going to be hard, but um, but I am leaning Nomadland only because I feel like my instinct mm-hmm. is voters are just over it and they just want to vote and get it over with and get out and be done with <laughs> this year. So they're just going to pick. I feel the same. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any clean sweeps on any one film, but I I do think. Um, one or two films will probably win at least between three and four Oscars. Yeah, I have No Madland and Monterey both with four, and then nothing with mm-hmm. more than nothing with more than two after that. Yeah, I don't that think in itself is that's a really big thing for 
Iranian to get four 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 wins and not yeah. have a Best Picture nomination. Well, I think it's, it's it's like unheard of according to the yeah. stat stat merchants it's, on. Twitter. It's unheard of. Yeah. Which is why which is why it's still up in the air between <laughs> Davis and and Andre Day because well the, there has been films that have yeah. won like five Oscars without even getting a Best Picture nod that's happened before really? yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bad and beautiful won five without oh, getting wow. a okay. picture nomination. I didn't know. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. it, that it is. It's definitely possible, especially this year. And then you know, yeah. makeup is going to go to Ma Rainey, um, hair and makeup, and uh, costumes is probably Anne Roth, right? So it's it's going to mm-hmm. go there. Um, I was hoping for Mank, but but you know, the only thing I I had held out hope for for Chicago Seven would have been editing. So I guess we'll mm-hmm. wait and see what the Eddies decide on that. But you know they're going to pick Sound of Metal. I, yeah, I would, I would think. Film that wins for editing ends up winning for Best Picture, too. Is that it? It used to be mm-hmm. back No, the, the nominate The nomination, I think, is the key for editing. Editing seems to tie with sound a lot more lately than, yeah. than picture. It's um, also a, a matter of the shifting ballot because when it was yeah. just five Best Picture nominees, yeah, the right. power was in the hands of the director. When the power was in the hands of the director, the editor was more important. But when you take yeah. out the editor and now you've just got screenplay winning usually for Best Picture, you've taken away the editing importance. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, have, I, have, I have my last question. That's it. Does anybody know why they dropped the sound effects editing? And only have sound now? They just merged the two of them together, I think, right? Yeah. And it's both mixers and editors that win it. Oh, okay. So it's just if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think yeah, it's right. because it just was always the butt of every joke. <laughs> it was so dumb yeah. that they were divided. <laughs> They're always like, the, you know. And the members of the sound branches were um, in support of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. They just need oh, to get okay. a new category now, though, because now we're, we're playing on a, a smaller scale here. So all those, you know. <laughs> The goal is usually for me. Yes, the goal is exactly. Usually twenty out of twenty-four, and now it's twenty out of twenty-three. That no, seems I hard. know. So let's get another category. <laughs> that sucks. They took one away. Yeah, yeah we're used to out of twenty-four. So I'm, I guess, nineteen is the new goal. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, and so last thing. I keep saying last thing, but here we go. Ready? Consensus is best picture: Nomadland. Director: Nomadland. Actor: Chadwick Boseman. Actress: Up in the Air. Um, supporting is. Um, Yu Zhu Young, there I pronounced it so you guys can stop screaming at me in the comments. And Ma Rainey <laughs> and Daniel Kaluuya um, for Judas and the Black Messiah. And original screenplay is uh, Promising Young Woman. Adapted screenplay is probably Nomadland. Editing is probably Sound of Metal. Sound is Sound of Metal. Um, I'll say visual effects because I don't know what's going to win that. Production design is Mank. Um, costumes is Ma Rainey. Uh, um, Hair and makeup is Ma Rainey. Um, international feature is another round. Um, score and animated feature is Soul. And we don't know the shorts yet. And so visual effects, I you know, it's like it's between Midnight Sky and Tenet, I would say. And what do you guys think? It's probably going to be Tenet. It's probably going to be Tenet. Okay. Yeah, I like Tenet. So does that sound right to everybody, that basic outline? Did mm-hmm. I miss anything? Yeah. Yeah. Plausible, yeah, very, very, very plausible. And another round got best director nomination too, right? Yeah, another yep. round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the sure one thing did. you didn't touch on is actually another category. I think it's tough, which I don't think you said song. Song. Mm. Oh, one night in Miami. Yeah. That's what that's what I have. But man, what is what? Are, where are we going on there? Like, there's not a whole lot other than the I, Critics' Choice, I guess. No, but... we're, yeah, we're going on Leslie Odom Jr. I think the yeah. 
But is that ahead of Diane Warren in For the Life Ahead, which also won the Globe? Yeah, but that's like such a bad uh, uh, comparison between the one that wins the Globe. and uh, It seems like it's almost yeah. never. Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, One Night in Miami is the only one out of that group that has any kind of heat anywhere else. Well, there's well, Chicago, Chicago 7, Chicago 7. And yeah, Black yeah. Messiah, uh, Judas and the Oh, Black true. Messiah. All right, well, never mind. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I wish it was Gusevic uh, from Eurovision. Yeah, that's the best song of the five, I think, but who the hell knows. So, last thing again. <laughs> One last thing. One last <laughs> thing on the last thing. There, you know, I, I do think it's important to mention the fact that if you go on Rotten Tomatoes user reviews and you look at the two most popular movies, the two are... Um, runaway favorite is Judas and the Black Messiah by by far. And, and and the only ones that are above 90 are Judas and Trial of Chicago 7. So, you know, just, just keep your eye on Judas and the Black Messiah. I think it might be liked a lot more than people think. And I think it's possible it could show up in places. Um, if there yeah. are any surprises, I would say that that movie might, might win something somewhere. Cinematography, I would say, maybe. maybe. Although, I, you know, I... I was, would I would much prefer Mank to win cinematography than any any other movie. But it, since it's not seeming like it's going to, I would I would say I mean you know, I've always thought that Sean Bobbitt and Ford Judas and Black Messiah is a, a good yeah. choice there. I just won't be surprised if on Oscar night you see a lot of wins for that movie, and that's only because it's so well liked. And I I was surprised yeah. by that user rating, but people really seem to like mm. it. You know, so that's it. And. Uh, wasn't that fun? That wasn't too bad, right? Yeah, that was fantastic. No, it was good. It was good. I thank you guys for inviting me. It's Aww. good to hear from you again, Mike. Yeah, I'm glad you it. could join us. For sure. Uh, yeah, was... you and Mark, Mark, you and I have to talk anyway. Yeah. About the um, about Telluride and the situation. Okay. <laughs> the situation. Yeah, that sounds scary. The situation <laughs> between my legs. The bad situation. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that later. We don't. We're not going to invite anybody else, I don't think, because um, everybody uh, hates us. So <laughs> they're not going to come <laughs> wrong with us. The world's most hated as long Oscar. As we player. have each other. <laughs> we do, and we'll have so much fun. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We're going to have a great time. Um, all right, you guys. Well, thank you. It was so much fun, and and we're going to try to get in another one of these. Obviously, you know. I mean, we only have two weeks. <laughs> have two weeks we'll get one in with like final prediction right yeah yeah we'll do that because yeah. there's there's not really much sure. else to talk about between now and then so we'll do a finals predictions one and we'll, we'll do it along and michael you can join us for that if you'd like as well so sure all righty well everybody have a good night and uh um, okay you too well. okay bye-bye have a good week. next time you too okay bye-bye